Happy holidays. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Rooster Team Radio right here on, well, that, Rooster Team Radio. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark Budonica, joined by the full team today as we sort of celebrate the close of 2019 and the close of a really, really big year for us as a group and, and I suppose also as uh, for, for Rooster Teeth as a company and, and all of the changes that have come within. So uh, starting to my uh, philosophical left, I'll, I'll introduce uh, Stacey Shuttleworth. Hello, hello. <laughs> And then we've got uh, Megan Salinas. Let all acquaintance be forgot. Let's forget everything. <laughs> and uh, what would our show be without the incomparable Katie Cullen? It's the holiday season. The holiday season. Uh, so hoop Yeah, uh, Santa gave me a cold for Christmas, so <laughs> if I hack up a lung on, the, on stream, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah well that's what happens when you get an alien ai name at santa and then try to explain the concept of christmas to it like things get a little screwy so yeah hairy. i will yeah. fit red versus blue jokes into everything see my mind has been so fixated on ruby that i'm thinking all about how like canonically santa is weiss's grandpa and i i just can't get over that <laughs> Uh, so we've been, if you, if you're new to the feed, we, we've been doing our, our Ruby show in conjunction with the release of Ruby, but, uh, we haven't, we don't just do Ruby stuff. We, we do, uh, RVB recall, which is our red versus blue show. And the thing that sort of started our independent spirit, I'll say, uh, was welcome to veil. Uh, welcome to veil was an idea that we had on our previous uh, platform where we sort of cross I mean we it was just a crossover between what would a radio broadcast in Vale be like styled after Welcome to Night Vale and we started off this feed and as I think just about a year from right now we opened up this feed we put out all of the episodes of Welcome to Vale that we had and only recently uh what was it yeah october did we return to welcome to veil and now megan and i have been have been in the writer's room so to speak in the discord writer's room uh figuring out the next couple of steps so i i want to ask uh everybody i'll but i'll start with megan what what has it been like returning to fan fiction but fiction in a, in the world of ruby it's really funny um honestly going back to it because i'll be honest fan fiction was never really my favorite aspect of any given fandom and that might come as a little bit of a surprise to some people but when i was uh you know in middle school and high school i would read some fan fiction but um there was one afternoon uh, when I was in early high school, where I was reading some Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction. Oh, God. And I <laughs> I literally had this, I came across a line that was so badly written that I, I went, I'm actively wasting my time. And I <laughs> stepped away from the computer, and that was the moment where I decided I didn't really like fan fiction anymore, that I preferred fan art and fan comics. 
much, much more than than I did fanfic. And it doesn't help that I'm a pretty slow reader, too. So fanfic was never really a big part of my fandom experience. So for, for years and years, I was kind of resistant to the idea of fanfic. But then when we came up with this silly little idea of like, oh, well, what would Night, what would vale, Night Vale be like in the world of Remnant? Um, I realized how fun fan fiction can be. Um, not that I hadn't tried my hand at it before. I, I did uh, a little bit in college and then I was just like, ah, yeah, not for me. But like actually really getting into it and learning how to mimic the style of uh, Welcome to Night Vale's delivery was really, really interesting and kind of an eye-opener in terms of like how important it is as a writer to sit down and figure out how to mirror other people's styles. Like I thought that was a really interesting learning experience. And so for me, just learning how to write well for Welcome to Vale was a really big eye-opening experience about how fun the world of fan fiction actually is and how it, it, it just, it provided a lot of lessons in terms of like creative writing. And it was just nice to write again as well because I hadn't written anything for a long time before we started writing Welcome to Vale. And so it's so funny because there are some times where I sit down and writer's block is really bad. And then there are other times where it comes almost spookily unnaturally easy. <laughs> like um, the community calendar thing is one of my favorite things to write because it's it, like the style is really, is pretty easy. And just coming up with weird esoteric things in the world of Ruby is a lot of fun. So it's, it's, it's been a pleasure getting back to it. Okay, but sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's ridiculously easy is... <laughs> basically writing yep <laughs> yeah it it, it the, like it's one thing with our the other shows that we do here we are sort of responding to a creative work and well that in itself does take practice and we've all had a fair amount of practice and work in that field creating your own i, I say our own world but we're still sort of in the reacting space where we're taking our knowledge of both of these worlds and products and sort of making our own thing and creating our own fiction and as a result albeit what limited audience we have in that we might be creating some headcanons for people even more so by infiltrating their mind space (laughs) and creating the situations directly as opposed to just hey wouldn't it be funny if so and so did this thing or, or or this thing and uh, I and for Katie and Stacy, and I'll start with you, Katie. Being a character in that, does that change how you view the original source material? I mean, a good piece of fan fiction is always going to make you change how you view the original source material. And sometimes the hardest part is separating what you got from that fic from what's happening in the source material and. I've been knee-deep and sinking in fanfic since basically middle school when someone printed out Gundam Wing fanfiction from fanfic.net, dropped it in my lap, and went, have fun. And I went, oh, this is amazing in terms of reading, writing, etc. Like, I'm here. I'm down. And it's always interesting to go, oh, hey, I'm interested in this concept. And then, oh, one of my favorite fic writers did it 
and did it well. For those of you who've been listening to our uh, Red versus Blue podcast, I definitely talk about that more than once. And sometimes just approaching a character from a different angle than what the series takes can deepen your understanding of the character. It's a creative exercise in, all right, well, this is what we have. What can we extrapolate from that? What have we seen in canon? What do we know about how people function and how this particular person functions? What can we take from that? How much deeper can we go? It's it's an interesting exercise in characters. And sometimes it's just plain stupid fun. Like, fan fiction has so, so many different reasons to exist, and it's a great time every time. Um, I, I, I mean, in particular, with Winifred Keys, the character that you play, does anything in watching the OG, like the, the actual show Ruby, make you consider how Winifred would react to something like that because you have a direct tie to a character in that world does that affect how you view the media honestly I'm a lot more invested in miss buy my book over here (laughs) (laughs) not gonna lie especially with uh, certain reveals in the latest Ruby episode having to do with gravity dust like (laughs) seriously it, it it that's that tends to be where I go. And I think it's partially because I haven't done as much Winifred as Megan has done. Petra. Yeah, as Megan has done. It's, it's just because you play with someone doesn't mean you don't connect with someone else a little more. And that's, that's where I am. I'm not going to lie. When we were watching this latest episode and they talked about how the staff is what keep, keeps Atlas afloat, I did cry out loud on camera because we do reaction videos i did yell out loud gravity is a lie and it's recorded now so i can't ever take it back gravity is a lie by big dust by my book (laughs) like that's that's where we are so it's less taking it through the lens of my character and more taking it through the lens of hers (laughs) possibly because we haven't had as much in the covering up where the hell Ozpin went conspiracy because I we we just haven't seen as much in Beacon because we've moved on and we don't have communications um and partially because god damn it it's really fun (laughs) to have a completely insane conspiracy theorist character where you can just kind of point to them and be like yeah yeah, it's a good time. Buy my book. Now, Stacy, w- with Merlot, we also did a bit of a reworking of how the intern characters from Welcome to Night Vale work and have instead... Uh, well, I mean, they eventually did as well. But uh, in the sense of you, right off the bat, are this play this integral character in the story so and what has what has merlot done for you and your ruby fandom well for one she's survived multiple episodes that's a big deal uh in this sphere <laughs> but <laughs> i think it's always interesting to take a character so to have a character created within this world because it makes you shift your point of view a little bit to not only take your own life consideration. So how I watch and interact with Ruby versus how Merlot, who is actually part of this world and would have grown up with this world surrounding her and isn't just kind of looking in on it. You have to start trying to find a satisfactory way to meld those two viewpoints and to not necessarily to, to use your own experiences and your own opinions to kind of 
influence how she might approach things, but also keep in mind what the world would have been like. The world, you know, the world of Remnant would be like and how it's different from what we would have experienced on our own. So it's always a fun exercise to kind of toe that line and figure out how things fit together, what you can and can't put into a character. Because uh, there's always a bit of us in, in our characters, especially when we have completely created characters for Welcome to Vale or for any fanfic for that matter. Dude, totally. Like, one of the things about Bill that I wanted to, that I'm still trying to figure out ways to convey is I want to ex I, I enjoy exploring characters that have different experiences from my own to sort of expand my horizons. And I think a lot of people w would hope to do the same. And we have done, the we have, we've done the thing. We've given ourselves the opportunity to explore these different mindsets. And with Bill, uh, we we've barely begun to scratch the surface of what they're all about and my idea of bill is so you, you used the word earlier is so esoteric and unique it sort of came from what my initial thought of cecil from welcome to night vale was and spun it into my own sort of representation and like in, especially with bill i followed the ruby rules with them pretty pretty straight up and so one of my favorite things was at rtx last year uh, 2017 having some people ask some of those very important questions about them and uh and it only sort of start to really like push against the wall of what people might think bill to be and these next few episodes that megan and i are cooking up whoa they're gonna get weird oh it's gonna get it's gonna uh man like we it's one like i don't th this is sort of one of the us getting together to record the show is really the only real phone calls that i tend to have with uh, other than my parents so to have one of these phone calls be just a, a story session of, Oh, what if this happens? Oh, what if this happens? And then just like the random texts that, that Megan and I send each other for, since that meeting have just been so exhilarating. And I'm so excited that if we, <laughs> if we stick to the time frame that we want, that, uh, that the next couple of episodes will, will be coming fairly frequently. So uh, th thank thank you everybody for, for sort of, just diving a little bit into this welcome to Vale, and I just wanted to share where our mindset is with that as a as a uh, a, a property. Uh, what what the hell word am I supposed to use as a, as a project that that we really enjoy doing and and helps us really sort of explore the the creative side. Not not to say that doing just recap shows can't do that but this this helps a little bit more so thank you to everybody who listens thank you to everybody who's bought merchandise holy cow um but it, it's one of those things that sort of kicked us in the butt to to do more and it was a thing that really started us off here on anchor as we were sort of considering our future at our previous platform and and wondering how much we could actually do how much we could expand how much 
creative control we we really wanted to 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 have in what we do and while what we do is still fairly similar we're we're able we're still sort of testing the limits of what we can and can't do and uh we appreciate you coming along for that one of those things was uh technical difficulties and i just want to brief on this really quickly just when we lost a stream a couple a couple times we just set up shop recorded a random thing we were live on like instagram and we ended up putting it on our thing and that was a lot of fun because we got to there was another way for us to communicate with you live but i think the the first big turn that we took was with the premiere of Genlock and subsequently Genlock Down. And without, like, we could have a very long conversation about about where Genlock is and, and what's going. There's been a little bit of news lately about what's coming next for them. But, uh, Stacy, I wanted to ask you just general thoughts on Genlock and, and what the series is going to look like moving forward. Man, Genlock has been, a, I mean... I expected to like it. I didn't expect to be quite as into it as I was. I really think they did some interesting and very poignant things with it. And gosh, we have we have a lot of places we could go. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's one of those shows that has expanded beyond and is continuing to kind of grow and evolve. I mean, not only within the context of the show itself, but as far as what that means for Rooster Teeth and where they can put it and who, you know, how they're getting eyes on it and who's going to be able to watch it and access it. It kind of marked a new step in that direction as well. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Well, what do you think, Megan? Um, yeah, I, Genlock is a great show on its own, but it kind of does hold a special place in my heart because it was sort of the the first I mean we obviously welcome to veil vale was like what we were initially using this feed for but like it was the first time we really stepped off of our new platform and plunged into this platform almost in its entirety and we were we had our our feet in both for for a little while um, but Genlock holds a place in my heart because it was like it was very much a significant start of this platform and where we are right now. And that's just outside of what it is as a show. Like, as a show itself, it it was remarkably impressive. Like, I, I really... I, I knew, like, Rooster Teeth doing a mech show was going to be really entertaining. I was not expecting it to be as emotionally hard-hitting as it was. I was not expecting it to be as cinematic as it was. And I, I wasn't expecting it to be, um, you, you, we, we talk a lot about it on Ruby Redux and we, we talked about it a lot on Gen Lockdown proper, but it was, a it was a show with the message of, you know, being optimistic in the face of overwhelming odds <laughs> and reiterating that over and over again. And as the stakes escalated and as things got more and more dire and more and more devastating, it stuck true to that message. And it was a message I needed to hear at the time. So Gen Lock was, it was important to me in ways in a lot of, <laughs> in ways I wasn't expecting it to be important. And as for where it goes in the future, I, 
I hope we get more of it. I, I really do. I hope we get more of it. And I, I don't know when that's coming, but, you know, here's hoping. Katie, what you think? What you got? What do I have? Um, anyone who's talked to me knows that I love Pacific Rim. Yeah. So, so, so much. And Genlock definitely hit some of those Pacific Rim buttons, partially because giant mech show, but partially because giant mech show that's about, hey, we need to work together. We need to stick together. We need to be able to work as a team. And you can't lose hope regardless of the odds. I'd say Genlock is one of the darkest shows that Rooster Teeth has done, especially darkest shows right off the bat. Ruby took a chunk of time to get there. But Genlock started there, kicked its audience in the face, and went, Oh, you thought this was going to be a fun, happy romp? Nah, we have spider tanks. And all sorts of other fun stuff. It's... I'll be interested to see where we go from here. With what they've set up, with the animation quality, with the writing, with the direction. I will be interested to see where Rooster Teeth takes this. We need another season, is what I'm saying. (laughs) so we've found out that season two is going to as of right now it looks like it's going to be offered on hbo max and once the the um, there's going to be a little bit of an embargo from hbo max to the rooster teeth website which is a double-edged sword because with hbo max you get that wider audience that you're looking for, but at the result of the fans that got it there in the first place. So it's a complex issue. I'm not, I'm not blaming rooster teeth for not taking a very lucrative deal because this can help them with a whole lot of projects going on in the future. This seems to me like a decision that was made by someone much further up the line. It's, Oh, this is your most popular property. This is your property with the biggest pedigree in terms of voiced cast and animation budget and whatnot. Okay, we're going to take this property that has a lot of crossover potential because it was on Toonami. Toonami Adult Swim. Toonami. Uh, Toonami. Toonami. They're one and the same at this point. Um, because it was on Toonami, okay, it's got a lot of widespread popularity. So we're going to put it on this streaming platform and draw audiences to that. We are using this for our purposes because we own you. And then, yeah, okay, then you can have it for yours and your little fans and whatnot. Have fun. Like, this feels very much to me like this is some. This is one of the high up muckety mucks making this decision. I highly doubt that this was Rooster Teeth saying, oh yeah, we're going to offer you this and put it there specifically first, and then we'll take it for our people who have supported us. Like, that doesn't strike me as the case. Yeah, to to borrow a term from John Oliver, this sounds like a business daddy decision <laughs> that <laughs> that definitely seems more like Warner Brothers telling, um, telling Rooster Teeth what to do as opposed to Rooster Teeth going, yep, this was this was our call, but that's that's just my take on it. And I mean, having your platform exclusive shows is how you launch a new streaming platform. It's why Mandalorian is only Disney Plus. Like, that's their big flagship thing. They've got all these other fun Disney Plus only stuff, but the Mandalorian was the big one they were pushing for HBO. What is it? HBO Max is the new new service. Max, yeah. It makes sense that to try to bring in the animation fans, the Rooster Teeth fans, etc., that they would pick up Genlock and run with. Because Ruby is great, 
Ruby's not going to have the kind of audience that they would hope would cross over with the general HBO audience. Genlock definitely does. Though I will say in uh, commenting on Mandalorian, don't sleep on the Imagineering story on Disney Plus because that show rules. However, it does have a spoiler for Rise of the Resistance in the very last episode. So maybe check it out after you go on the ride and unless you don't care but don't sleep um, on it just take a very short nap at the end yeah nap on it (laughs) i'm i'm really excited for the the future of genlock just because we had such a fun time doing the show and episode three was still it has our highest listenership where we were talking about learning to walk uh, the episode titled learning to walk and i still to this day have no idea where the surge of listenership came from, but I want to thank everybody who who came along for that one because that I still I'm just blown away, and also by all of the support that we received as a result of that. And so, Gen Lockdown was the show that transitioned us out of our previous platform and solely onto here, and we we. Oh man, what 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 do we do after Genlock? Was Genlock? Did we go right into Red versus Blue? Yeah. So yeah. RVB Recall, baby. <clears throat> Woo! RVB Recall. We we debuted uh, the day before St. Patrick's Day, March March sixteenth. So with that, this sort of marks a, a personal thing that I wanted to that I wanted to talk about a little bit, at least for myself. That um, I I am beyond grateful to you, Katie and Megan, for grabbing the reins onto this one because this was when my life started changing in a variety of ways. Um, I was, I lost a couple of jobs, lost an apartment, was transitioning out of, uh, into supposedly independent life and back into moving in with, uh, my in-laws, which was going to be a big sort of uphill battle to get back into a particular, level of uh, sanity, worksmanship, workforce, whatever you want to call it. And in the middle of this process, I received a call that changed my life. And I'm not going to say which company I'm working for, but I got a dream job that caused me to move all the way across the country to Orlando. And that, that sort of month, month and a half of still being in California, but not knowing when I was going to start that drive with my wife was very tense and I didn't want to hold up the show and I didn't want to hold up the network and, and y'all and all of that. So you really bore the burden, did, uh, did the editing, did all of the tech stuff and all of the, and everything. And then me getting used to this job sort of carried me through the end of the RVB recall season. And it's just gotten to a point where I haven't, I haven't watched Last season, I think I watched the first episode, but I haven't watched the episode of RVB recall or of, of RVB. So, thank you, Re- like legitimately, you you kept everything going and uh, absolutely just knocked it out of the park with with the show. And um, so, I wanted to ask you, since Stacy and I aren't necessarily completely caught up on Red versus Blue. What what is the state of Red versus Blue? How did this last season do, and where do you where do you see them going? Well, for one, thanks for trusting us to pick up the ball and keep running with it. It was uh, yeah. 
It was definitely interesting doing a two-person podcast instead of four, because we, we do the reaction video format quite a bit, actually. That's essentially what my channel is at this point. So recording the reaction videos, giving it a day or two to percolate, and then coming back when we've watched the episode again and going, okay, now that we've rewatched it and seen all the dialogue that we laughed over <laughs> or screamed over or whatever, and there was plenty of both in this past season of RVB, what do we think about this episode? What do we think about where the show is going? This past three seasons, because these three seasons did come in as a trilogy of sorts, has been very contentious in terms of plot beats chosen, in terms of writing, in terms of characterization choices. There were some things that I thought they did well, and there were some things that I heartily disagreed with, just as a person, as a fan of this show, as someone who has capital O opinions on a good <laughs> number of these characters. Uh, yeah. But this past season, I think, was actually incredibly strong. <laughs> And it's the first time since Gamma that we've dabbled in the idea of time travel in Red versus Blue and worked with this large, somewhat ridiculous cosmic story and brought it back down to a character level. Because regardless of what's happening in the larger overarching story, character level is where Red versus Blue belongs and where it has its strengths. You can put these characters into any situation and the strength of the show is knowing who they are. We've been with them for, at this point, 17 seasons. We know who they are. We know how they react. And it's interesting to see who's getting development, where and why, and how it pans out. And again, that's, that's part of why some of these seasons were contentious because some of it is, okay, well, what happened with this character? Well, it doesn't really match with what we've seen of them before, because every time the show changes hands with its writing, everyone has a different interpretation of characters. And that, that partially ties into what we were talking about with fan fiction earlier, is everyone approaches them from a different angle. And to an extent, everyone's better at writing some characters than others. Miles was extremely good at the mercenaries and a number of the freelancers, and he, I believe he said that Donut was the one he had the hard... The, that was Joe. Was it Joe that had trouble writing Donut? Joe had trouble writing Donut, yeah. I feel, I feel like, okay. Brain. I mean, My, Miles might have said something in particular, but I distinctly yeah. remember Joe saying that D Donut was where he had a lot of difficulties. But everyone, everyone's better at some characters than at others, and you can kind of tell where people's priorities are and which ones they're good at and which ones they're not quite as good at as the seasons in this show go on, because it's... A super long show, you guys. 17 seasons. But still, I think this past season brought this arc home. I think we had some fantastic character moments for just about everyone. Like, as, as many ups and downs as this particular trilogy had, I think season 17 was very good at bringing things home, wrapping it up, wrapping things up with a very interesting villain that yeah. we had for this arc, with two very interesting villains that we had for this arc. And let's be real, Lee Eddy voicing a god of, oh my god, Krovos. she was amazing. <laughs> Lee Eddy voicing Krovos was a gift. A gift to the world. <laughs> and Rico Fajardo as Genkins was 
unbelievably good. And for those of you who watch My Hero Academia, he is currently voicing Mirio, who is a very, very different character. Gankins is when he pulls out, like, all of the stops and goes completely balls-to-the-wall bonkers. And it's so much fun to listen to because he is obviously having a great time. So... Even if you had issues with 15 and 16, 17 is definitely well worth watching, and I think 17 brings it home fairly well. I don't really have... And, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I don't really have much to add to that. Um, over the last few seasons, I've, I've very much been along for the ride. Um, again, yeah, the writers change hands um, over the last few seasons, and you sort of have to make adjustments um, as a viewer, uh, you have to adjust your expectations because, like, you know, as as Katie mentioned, every writer has their own different kind of approach to character when it comes to Red versus Blue. So I've just sort of been like, okay, yeah, cool, let's see what happens next with every <laughs> season. Um, and so, like, it's been a fun ride. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to add to that other than, yeah the season 17 was remarkably strong and the character stuff, even if it doesn't necessarily sit right with certain members of the audience, like it was a lot of fun to watch it all come together this past season. Um, so yeah, I, I had a good time with it. We have a lot of feelings about this show. <laughs> How does season 18, what, what is it? Does it look like we're getting another trilogy? What do you, what do you think is next? We know nothing about season 18. <laughs> they haven't said a goddamn thing. And the thing is, for Red vs. Blue, like, every time a trilogy ends, every time we hit the end of a storyline, it's always this, you know, they could stop here and leave it. And it would be you know, a relatively solid ending. They could have stopped at 5, 8, 10, 13, and 17. They're, this is a series that's very good at writing satisfying ending so if for some reason they decide to stop it's in a relatively good place so to that end every time they write an ending like this when they start it up again it's something completely new we wrote the ending of eight all right we've adopted wash we're moving on we run into nine and ten okay it's freelancer saga and also learning to let go all right we finished ten we've adopted carolina great 11, suddenly we're in the middle of an actual honest-to-God war. All right, 11 to 13, we've, we've figured out this arc, we've finished it, we've got a good ending, even though it's a hell of a cliffhanger and kind of heartbreaking in some ways, but still a good solid ending. We could have stopped here. You 14 is your anthology season, and 15 you pick up with, where did we go from here? What's happened? What is it like pulling people out of retirement? And we have some contention as to, do we actually want to do this? Do we want to just let things go? So now that we've finished 17 and we've ended in a relatively stable, relatively good place, we have no idea where we're going from here because the next season is probably going to be the start of another two, three, four, five, however many seasons arc. We've had no announcements. We have no idea. We assume the same people are probably going to be writing it and running the show, but we don't know. It could be anything. I would love to see the show go back to chorus and just kind of pick up on what are we doing here? Joe mentioned in an interview that we did with him, like, all right, well, we're following the reds and blues around here, but 
on chorus, Locus is on trial. So how's that going? How are these characters that we've seen very little of handling things? Like, I think there's a lot to be done with what happens to the people that exist in this series when the camera doesn't follow them. But we could go literally anywhere. It's yet another fresh start for this show. And I'm excited to see where we're going, even if I don't have a damn clue what that direction's going to be. Yeah, at the start of season 16, when all of a sudden balls of light start speaking and we get introduced to a cosmic pantheon, I was like, holy hell, what's happening? Uh, Like, if you had asked me at the end of season 15 where I thought we were going, Greek gods was not anywhere near where my mind was at, and I never would have been able to make that pull. So the fact that we've wrapped up that particular storyline, especially with how much it's dipping its toes into time travel, and I I love I love time travel stories, don't get me wrong, but once a show like hits the time travel plot, I am like, okay, where where do we go from here? We hit time travel, where do we go next? Um so I do like the idea of going back to chorus. I I like the idea of following some of the periphery characters that um have been running around as our reds and blues are dealing with their dra- uh drama and in some cases trauma. Um, <laughs> in many cases, trauma. In many cases, trauma. And I, I like the fact that um, these last few seasons have highlighted characters that have kind of been pushed to the side as more um, sort of comedic side characters, like um, seasons 15 and 16 very much focused on Griff as a character, and um, season 17 in particular focused on Donut a lot. And I, I really like the idea that those characters who often get pushed to the side in favor of blue team story driven stuff that like they finally got a chance to be in the spotlight for a bit. And also Doc's tragic backstory. Oh yeah. Doc had a lot of character development Mm. across 16 and 17. Like he was important. And that's rare for a character who tends to get yeeted into the void and forgotten about for multiple seasons at a time. So yeah, this, I, I'm glad that those characters got some time in the spotlight. Um, where we're going next, I don't know. Space is the final frontier, so we could go anywhere. <laughs> uh, speaking of not knowing where we're going, uh, it was around the transition from Red versus Blue to Camp Camp where we sort of got, I, I say we as a fandom, got a wake-up call of the state of RT animation. And there was a big shakeup in how the company was run. A lot, uh, Gray left and stopped running the company. Uh, th- then there was a lot of there was there was a lot of changes, and a lot of things were starting to change. And things are still changing, to be fair. And um, I just wanted to because Stacy, you weren't a part of that podcast. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about? from that sort of shakeup and anything that you wanted to express just because we we just wanted we wanted to do the show and then you were unavailable yada 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 but was there was there anything that you wanted to add to that part of the conversation and that was interesting to kind of watch because i was you know gone for most of that time period and had very remote accessibility to what was happening so it was kind of catching up in bits and pieces when i could uh and 
to see kind of the fandom rally around the news that was coming out and was from from such a distant point of view because I really didn't have the means to interact um, directly in a lot of the cases. And I think you guys covered most of it when you guys did the did the show, but okay, fair eh. enough. <laughs> no, I know it, it. It's a lot, and it, and it part of part of the shakeup was you know we there was a lot of stuff that we didn't hear any news about. There's a lot of a lot of people that lost their jobs. Um, as a result, though, Rooster Teeth has stepped up in in recent times and seemingly made made changes for the better and at least it seems like right now with ruby that everything is on the up and up it seemed like with camp camp everything was on the up and up though we don't what what as as rtx sort of came and left we didn't really have an idea other than ruby of what was coming you know we still haven't heard anything about season two of nomad of nowhere and and i'll i'll just say here right now i know our twitter banner right now is uh welcome to veil but back when we were still sort of like revealing all of the pieces of our of what our um shows were going to be i've i've been sitting on this graphic for navigating nowhere which is going to be our our nomad of nowhere show once it returned ever sit like Ugh, it's 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 frustrating uh to have a show that you think did well everybody sort of creatively was uh was stoked about it it was a big undertaking at the time but i can't imagine that those issues could have been fixed and as as of right now we don't know and uh we're we're very hopeful that uh it this didn't get the x-ray and vav or sex wing treatment Though I think I'm the only person here that watched Sex Wing. <laughs> yeah, probably. I started it and then just did not finish. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. Funhouse is a very particular uh, sense of humor, and uh, yeah. So th- there's the uh, coming out of RTX with what little information of what was coming up next even seemed like to be a reiteration of the stuff that we saw in person from 2017 and despite that it ruby launched and it it seems to be going well we're very frustrated at everything so (laughs) that seems to be par for the course but um i did want to address uh camp camp we all just scheduling wise started falling apart uh it in mid-august there was a lot of travel there was a lot of uh things with work and jobs and we just sort of dropped what uh we we left off at episode five of uh covering camp camp and so we're working on that we we want to uh go back and make up for those episodes and and we think we've come up with a good way to do it uh, now, once we get through the holidays, I think we're going to start to really pick it up, pick it up and uh, finish off with the rest of the season. But I, I did want to without without going too much into a full on camp camp conversation, uh, Katie, I'll start with you. Um, what thoughts on how the season wrapped up? Here's the thing. Because we do reaction videos, we, we tend not to sit down and just watch it casually. 
Megan and I have still only seen it till about halfway through the season. Yo! So we don't have any thoughts on how this wrapped up because we're not there yet. Things wow. really, like we we're roommates. We live together and we still could not figure out the time to sit down and be able to my August completely fell apart. I did three big things back to back to back across three weekends and just had no free time. Um yeah, so no, we're still not there yet. That is how completely things collapsed. I think we got to what? Fashion disaster? Yeah. Fashion, fashion victims? victims? Fashion Victims was fucking hilarious, and I loved it. But I think that's all the further that we got. We never hit the finale. We never hit those last, I want to say, five or six episodes. So, yeah, so far, the season was shaping up really well, and we really enjoyed it. We just haven't had the opportunity to see those through lines through to the end yet. And for the record, it's not the only thing that's fallen onto the back burner. Irrelevant to uh, Rooster Team discussion, but for my YouTube channel, we were doing uh, Attack on Titan retrospectives as well, little vlogs, um, and we still have not talked about the last se- the the last episode of this past season of Attack on Titan. That's another thing that fell onto the back burner that just hasn't happened yet. So there just has been a lot of stuff scheduling wise where they're just. It fell to the back burner, and there hasn't been an opportunity to bring it up to the front burner again. Yeah, scheduling is insane, and I ran out of spoons, and Megan's been busy, and I've been busy, and it's just, uh, a lot has happened. And it's a lot that we tend not to talk about on social media and whatnot, so it's not necessarily something, you know, we announce. So, yeah, this side of the table isn't really there yet although yeah loved what i've seen so far camp camp is fucking fantastic it's been a super fun can we just talk about the forest for a minute oh can we just lie here and die for a while like damn this show they've really pulled it out at the same time though have did we all get new jobs this year uh i i have my same job (laughs) But I went, I transitioned from a contractor position to a full staff position. So, yeah. So, I mean, I I think that counts. And I I got the new job in November last year. So, I have only just hit one year at this job. And, yeah, it's it's taken a very long adjustment period. And I have uh, certain plans that haven't happened yet. So, that's... That's part of it, is looking at the thing that takes up nine to ten hours of my day, five days a week, every week, and figuring my life out. So, a lot of things have fallen off because of that. And that's life. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me. I mean, beginning of September, I started an entirely new career with a very different schedule from what I was used to. And that's uh, going to take a lot to get used to. (laughs) <laughs> I had to get used to a new time zone. Still getting used to it. So basically, we all just flipped a table in 2019. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, we're we're figuring we we've figured out a way to uh, finish up doing the rest of camp camp and it's a and, and I'm I'm hoping to get that off the ground before too long in 2020, especially before season 5 uh if if/when slash when that happens. I, I would love to finish uh, 
finish off camp camp before we get back into it um the only other thing uh, before i mean we're we're talking about ruby right now so i don't think we need to talk about ruby some more over talking about ruby but i also wanted to take this opportunity to thank everybody who's listened to our first episode of the let's play family forum uh it's that was one of the ones early on where when we were doing stuff about uh, we talked about on our previous platform monopoly and i still i still really want to talk about monopoly in this last season compared to the first season so i think that's something that andrea and i are going to sit down and do but um due to andrea's situation right now we're she she has a little bit more time and in in watching uh super bunny man was the transitional show that she watched and i highly recommend everybody here at the table as well as anybody out there to look up the michael and gavin super bunny man let's plays because it because it is textbook comedy <laughs> without writing it like gavin is just the uncontrollable uh uncontrollable sort and michael is shouting at him to keep to keep him from from going out of uh, out of control and that transitioned into a whole bunch of stuff uh jack finally made the ah the musical that he promised two years ago from extra life and it turned out to be a really fun product with a lot of really catchy songs so we did a podcast about that and there's more stuff that we're going to do in the future and uh if if anybody hasn't heard it we actually had a and a news story interrupt our our thing like a uh it was an idea that i have to give to uh cam uh one of our our mods he came up with an idea to have a a news story interrupt the let's play show about the uh fake ah crew which is the gta crew that the achievement hunter uh runs in and th that type of stuff where we're incorporating more of you, the listener, and our mods and whatever, that's something that I want to do more in 2020. I want to empower the people that are listening to us to uh, join in and really become a part of the conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can get that done. So before we look forward to 2020, is, is there anything that anybody else wanted to cover and talk about? Um, just an insane amount of gratitude to, yeah, the, the people who just, the people who make the shows that we talk about and to the people who joined, like, our Discord and who follow us on Twitter. Like, it is, like, it never ceases to amaze me, one, how good the content that we cover is and how, how much, like, season by season shows keep improving and impressing like it never ceases to amaze me how good the content um <laughs> how good the content is and then for the the people that we interact with um on like twitter and discord it never ceases to amaze me how passionate they are about you know the things that they care about whether that's rooster teeth related properties or things outside of that like their passion is really infectious and their enthusiasm for not only coming up with theories and creative writing and ways to inspire positivity in other people, but also just like their enthusiasm for our conversations too. And that's something that I, I really love about like doing shows like this is I really love hearing when people are like 
it's like sitting down with a group of friends and talking with them about it. And that's those are the the types of messages I really like to hear because that's what I love getting from podcasts. And so the fact that we do a show where other people feel the same way about the content that we're producing, that warms my heart considerably because that's that's what I love getting out of podcasts. And so the fact that other people can get that out of the show that we make makes me incredibly happy and incredibly grateful. Yeah, we... This wouldn't work nearly as well without all y'all listening. I mean, we do plenty of screaming into the void, but it's always fun when the void screams back. <laughs> and you guys have such good ideas. And you, I, we do this a lot in the reaction videos. Like, you know, we don't know the name of this. Or, hey, we haven't figured out this. Or, hey, guys, what's this? Because, you know, we, we do it live. And inevitably, there are people who are willing to offer the information, who have fun theories, who have fun stuff that they've said. Like, it's, we have our own ideas and our own theories following these shows, but it's always so much fun to see you guys say, hey, you said this, building on that, what about this? It's always more fun when it's a conversation, and that's, that's where y'all come in. So, you know, thank you. Is there anything you would like to add, Stacey? I mean, it's just a huge resounding thankful being able to have these conversations and being able to continually bounce ideas and, you know, have conversations on the podcast and then go on to the discord and continue these conversations or even see new ideas that we hadn't even thought of before has been, you know, something we're really lucky to have and participating in community and fandom this way just makes all of this media that we get to experience that much more delightful yeah dude i i can definitely i agree with everybody like one of one of the things that i think we all wanted in making the transition to anchor and and all these other platforms was to be a little bit more easily communicable with the community and not just like the community that has wandered over to our strange corner of the internet, but the Rooster Teeth fandom community at large. And as a result, you know, we're, we get a chance to talk to people in the company, people close to the company, other reactors, other podcasters, other, like everybody is just having this global freak out over this really cool material that Rooster Teeth is making. And everybody wants what's best for everybody and ultimately, at the end of the day, I think coming out of 2019, just grateful and, and the fact and that the, the, that we make this big change and specifically me, I make a very big change, which overcomplicates everything. But it's something where uh, to the, the three of you, I'm very grateful to sticking with my change of time zone, my change of path, my change of this. And, and to be perfectly honest, uh, the, the life that I lead now and the career that I'm in now is a dream come true. But at the same time, I need a break every now and again. Everybody needs a break every now and again. And to be able to have this outlet for, one, having a connection back to California and being able to talk to some wonderful people and talk about this material that has been so it like this whole routine of watching a rooster teeth show and meeting up to talk about it that's how many years has this been a routine to be like five like it's been 
a very it, we've been doing this for for a rather long time since and it's commonplace two of ruby yeah since, yeah, since volume, volume two. two so it's it's a thing less of how how are we going to keep this going because this is a part of our lives and everybody who's listening you are a part of our lives whether you, whether you like it or not so uh, <laughs> this this experience now. there's no escape <laughs> no one will survive but uh this this whole situation is a gift and yes we do put the time in to watch record and and edit and all of that rigmarole but as Katie said, I just wanted to reflect again. We wouldn't be where we are without all of you. And we want to acknowledge that and, in a sense, reward that. And, I, I, again, I would love to figure out a way to get everybody as connected and into working on us with stuff as possible. Just to, I want more voices. I want more opinions. I want, I, I want more. So uh, I, I suppose that would be my transition into 2020 is um, we're all going to keep growing. Uh, not just the four of us, but everybody listening. Growth happens. And we're beyond thankful for you, first of all, existing, but for you taking your very important time and spending some of it with us. We are beyond grateful uh, that that we get to share your life with you, whether it's directly or indirectly. And it's a responsibility we don't take lightly. So thank you for being, thank you for existing. Keep on, I'll echo uh, something that Monty said, keep moving forward because change is inevitable and you'll get to where you want to be. Just keep moving forward. We appreciate you. We love you. And we thank you. Moving forward to 2020, fam, uh, what what are you looking forward to? What is a goal that you have personally, professionally, however you want to spend this time? Megan, the floor is yours. I'm uh, not to not to bring it back to what we were talking about at this at the top of the show, but I'm really looking forward to uh, producing more episodes of Welcome to Vale. Um, one of the things I really I had a goal in mind for for 2019 was doing more creative writing and I I've and like just in terms of like nourishing a little bit more creativity and what that involved writing more and getting back into drawing even if it's not um, anything super sophisticated art wise um, it was something I and I I haven't devoted as much time as those to those goals as I I would have liked but I'm happy I got back to them at all and um, I'm really proud of like having been able to get back to them so I'm really looking forward to doing more episodes of Welcome to Vale I'm looking forward to doing um, more voice over passion projects that I'm involved with outside of this podcast I'm involved that I'm involved with um, I'm excited to, to spend more time with, uh, word documents and I'm a, something I, I want to challenge myself a little bit more is, um, learning how to draw digitally. I tried a little bit earlier this year and ultimately didn't really succeed in a meaningful way, um, because I was having issues with my technology. 
So I would like to challenge myself and try to get back to doing that. Um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, just more more voiceover stuff, more more creative. Like I, I love doing these recap st- stuff, but like a lot of times you can spend a lot of time talking about somebody else's work and analyzing somebody else's work, which is unendingly fulfilling. But I have really enjoyed dipping our toes into that creative sphere where you're you're ultimately creating something new. And so a big goal for 20, 2020 is not just dipping my toe into that creative outlet, but really just diving in head first. So that's what I'm looking forward to in 2020. What about you, Katie? Like I mentioned earlier, it's it's been a balancing act coming to terms with my day job. And uh, one of the goals for 2020 is honestly to figure out what the hell I actually want to do with my life. And that's I realize that's one of those large existential questions. It's like, oh, OK, yeah, let's uh, let's do that. But this is why God gave us therapists and mine is amazing. So it's a lot of my ability to be creative, to do side projects, etc. hinges on where my job leaves me at the end of the day. And the fact that my creativity has hit a wall and my scheduling has been very difficult kind of speaks to how that situation is affecting me. And so, honestly, the goal for 2020 is to get that figured out because I think once that's figured out, a lot of different things will follow from there. But that's a cornerstone that's not sitting right, and I uh, I, need to, I need to get it done. I need to figure out some metaphorical masonry and then move on with my life. So that I, I realize that that is a little more real world and grounded and ouch than we were kind of looking at for this particular episode but given that it's such a big factor it's difficult for me to consider many other things beyond it so that's where I am is doing my best trying to get things figured out and uh, building up from there live your truth dude like (laughs) seriously I'm trying (laughs) yeah don't like uh, it's a little bit different than no i i i gave you the floor to speak your mind and i really appreciate you bearing yourself like that it it's it's different but it's you and and i would i don't think any of us would ask you to be anything other than your true self so thank you thank you for for sharing that with us mark i'm crying oh stacy what do you what are you looking at for 2020 <laughs> Uh, well, I've, I've recalibrated a lot in the past few months. Uh, I found, you know, a day job that is a lot more demanding than what I was doing in the past. I've added, you know, a three hour commute to my day. So that took a lot of adjusting. However, it's something that I'm enjoying and, you know, didn't know much about going into. So I'm, 2020 is going to be a big year of learning professionally wise. And the past few weeks, I've finally been feeling a little more balanced to the point of actually getting back into my own personal projects. Uh, I'm doing a lot of recalibrating behind the scenes as far as how I approach jewelry making and what I want out of it. It started as a you know fandom project. I was making Sherlock Holmes charm bracelets. And so there's been a lot of evolving into 
something that is more personal, something that is not based off of fandom. Well, I still do plenty of that. <laughs> um, but it's more originally me, how I want to make things. And then, you know, cosplay is going to happen more. I've got four projects planned, which is, which is big. We'll see how many I get through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might have heard that in the background <laughs> oh yeah whether we did or didn't I'm definitely boosting it in post great uh, that was the sounds of a very frustrated husband who just watched me spend like two hours in Joanne's uh, yesterday buying only a... two hours oh, oh I know fine. It was, you know it was not bad it was not bad um, the receipt on the other hand told a different story <laughs> but I'm making things we're doing it <laughs> man good on you. the 2020 like right right now for me like professionally creatively there's a lot of cool stuff happening but i'm trying not to get ahead of myself staying grounded and learning from the people that i'm around is something that i go into every day just so grateful for and i'm so happy to be in a place both here with y'all and professionally where everybody wants everybody else to succeed and it's such a positive environment that even though there might be some negative things here or there it's hard to it's hard to deny going into work with a legitimate smile on my face and i i'm so grateful i i enjoy it so much and uh if <laughs> and i guess this will transition into the outro and you could see that enthusiasm Usually every Wednesday around uh, 7.30 or 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my Twitter at Mark B. Donica. And uh, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that we've been able to keep this project going. I'm so excited for the future of Welcome to Vale because it's helping keep our creative minds fresh. And especially for the type of creative that I'm in and around here it will be very helpful in sort of zigging while they will be zagging. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm excited. I think 2020, I'm very hopeful that 2020 could, can be a better year. It's, it's been hard. It's been hard for a lot of people. And to those of you who are listening right now, you made it, you did it. You made it to the end of 2019 and we're so proud of you for that thank you for for being with us thank you for listening and we uh we appreciate your listenership and we hope that you continue to listen to us as we talk about shipping i guess uh, <laughs> yes. just yes. The, God, yes, absolutely. the love lives of of uh, uh fictional characters Look and priorities <laughs> let us live our joy Mark, uh, it seems we... you finally joined us. No, 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 no. Come hey, ship hey, with hold us. On. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just letting a perspective comment fly. I have noticed that there is some new furniture up in the loft, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to we're going to wait until the next episode of Ruby Redux or the next episode of whatever uh, to further furnish out the Rooster Team radio layer as it has been come to known be known. Um, but, uh, thank you truly to everybody who's listening and, um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the rooster team. 
Make sure to check us out on T Public. Uh, as we oh. say more dumb stuff, we will put out more dumb stuff on T Public. But there are a lot of sales that that tend to go on every other week or so. So keep an eye on there if you want to help support us. Uh, if you're listening to us on uh, via podcast, uh, make sure to leave a, a review on that particular place if you can. Uh, if not, tweet about us, tag us, and and tell your friends because we like to to make the family uh, grow. Or help the family grow, not make the family grow. That sounded weird. Um, but uh, you can also support us directly through Anchor. We do have a – there is a paid subscription that you can do that will help us sort of be able to take a little bit of extra time to write. And especially now that we actually have a heading for Welcome to Vale, it will uh, it will be a little bit more helpful. It it, it saves us. I, I, can, I can say that from experience. It's very helpful. It's very helpful to sort of ease certain uh, certain tensions of the modern world, but um, but before we go, uh, I would love everybody to share where they can follow you. Um, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Stacy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacy Shuttles. Uh, the projects I was talking about earlier will be posted on there when I uh, am working on them. So you'll see lots of cut fabric and sewing woes uh, throughout the next few weeks. Uh, how about you, Katie? I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Uh, if you like reaction videos to various unsundry rooster teeth things and also all sorts of other stuff, they live on that channel. Megan. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co-host Will Link loves Lost, and I don't. We discuss. Thank you again, everybody. We humbly appreciate uh, everything that, that you have uh, helped us to achieve uh, through this year and everything that you will help us to achieve moving forward but uh i did before we go wanted to shout out all of our camp counselors on our discord uh i wanted to thank nate i want to thank cam uh, i want to thank impy caitlin uh mal even though they they're not super present we we they're a very helpful uh person when it comes to moderating and just a a wonderful influence on on our creative like it's a wonderful creative synergy that we have with mal um uh robbie i want to thank robbie i hope he never listens but i wanted to thank him anyway um but <laughs> but uh thank you to everybody who comes through even if for a minute even just to put one comment we have all of our regulars too which uh, we we humbly appreciate thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode of rooster team radio we'll see you in 2020